for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is August 24, 2021, and today's guest is none other than the one and only Clint Casper. All right, welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 175, and today's guest is Clint Casper. Now, disclaimer, before we get into this, this one is not for children. (laughs) Just so you guys know, if you're listening and you've got your wives or your children in the car or something like that, you might want to push this one to the back burner until you are by yourself. There are some uh, F-bombs thrown out in there, but you know what? It's okay, because... Clint is very passionate about what he does. He's probably one of the more passionate people that I know about hunting and outdoors and all that stuff. So this one will get you fired up. This this podcast, I swear to you, I had goosebumps throughout the whole thing. If you're not ready for the fall, after listening to this podcast, you will be ready. That's all I'm going to say. But I did want to throw a disclaimer in there, just so you know, there are some cuss words and everything. So just frame, you know, just be ready for that. (laughs) So, all right. I do have a little announcement. I do want to say that the fall podcast is now partnered with Exodus trail cams. So if you guys are out there looking for a new trail cam or, you know, on the fence and what to buy, go on over to exodusoutdoorgear.com. Check out all their trail cams. They offer the Exodus lift Two. they offer the Trek Exodus Trek trail cam. And also they offer my favorite, which is the render and it's their cell cam. You can also get the render in the SP 18 bundle. So that comes with a solar panel as well, man. I'll tell you what I am 
slowly transitioning and getting more cell cams as I, every year I feel like I get one or two, but uh, you know, cell cams can be a touchy subject. Honestly, personally, I really like them if they're used in the right way. They do give people, I feel like that opportunity to abuse them and abuse hunting in a light that it shouldn't be abused in, I guess you could say. But I really like cell cams. So the render, I've had it out for a couple months right now. And a couple things, man, the biggest thing that I like about it and something that I feel like every cell cam should probably have is it sends me a status report every day. So if you're not getting pictures and you're thinking, well, shit, I, you know, there's no deer going by here. The camera's knocked off raccoons, you know, they bugged with it and it's on the ground or whatever, you know, you don't know. And the purpose of a cell cam is so you don't have to go in there and, and, and booger a whole bunch of areas that you don't want to. You want to get those on your phone. It's the convenience. So with the status report, you get one every day and it tells you it tells you the battery life. It honestly, it tells you the signal, you know, the temperature, the, how many photos it took this month, how many photos it's taken in its lifetime, the videos of the month, you know, so on and so forth, how many videos it's taken, the data usage, SD card, how full it is, how many pictures it's got on it, all of that stuff. It gives you a status report every day. So once you get that status report, you know that thing is taking pictures and it's working. So that is awesome. I really think that's a really cool uh, feature that they offer. So I guess that's that's the cat right there out of the bag. I wanted to, to, to get that out there. I'm super excited about this. So if you guys, like I said, if you're looking for a new camera or a new cell cam or, you know, just a regular trail cam, they offer those as well with the Lift 2 and the Trek. Go over to ExodusOutdoorGear.com, check them out, and uh, have fun with your trail cams this fall. So with that being said, I'm going to get over this interview with Clint and we're going to get right into it. All right. Welcome back to the fall podcast. And today I've got what some people might call a heavy hitter guest today. You know, this guy, he pisses excellence every day. He basically, he could be one of the most positive people that I've, you know, I've podcast with before. Mr. Clint Casper, the one and only, I believe. Welcome back to the podcast, man. I'm not gonna lie, I'm super stoked to be here. But I mean, right off the right off the the rip, you had to hit me with the heavy hitter thing. You know, I'll have you know, I've lost a few pounds in the last month, fucker. I mean, I'm not quite as heavy as I was. But then, then you kind of like you you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. That's not nice. Then you're like, but he's super positive, so like you made up for it. I mean, like I, I'll still make out with you at the back of the bar. But it just at first I was like, man, this guy, come on, fuck, dude. Uh, no. I I didn't mean you were uh, putting on no, LBs dude, or nothing like that. Honestly, You're... I uh, getting ready for these these out west hunts. I I honestly wish <laughs> it's kind of fucked, but I sort of in a way wish I weighed. Speaking of that, I wish I weighed a little more because I know how much weight I lose on these hunts. But uh, man, I just been working on cardio and shit. It's just like, gosh, it's hard to. I don't know how some of these guys can be like a buck ninety, two hundred, like a brick, but still do cardio and fucking run all the time. Like I just, my body just can't. I just can't do it like that. It just doesn't work for me. Like I've either got to be like ultra lean or I'm like 10 pounds overweight, but I'm like strong as shit. It's it, like one or the other. It's like, uh... I, can't, I gotta, I gotta find like the medium there somewhere, yeah. but uh, no man stoked to be on dude. It's been a minute. Um, gosh damn. You've had some great episodes here. It just recent the one with Kurt was freaking awesome. And, and uh, yeah, fuck dude. It's been, uh, it's been fun following you, man. You're uh 
you're really growing. It's been fun to watch, dude. You got a hell of a platform, and man, I was excited to get to jump back on with you, buddy. I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds for you, and and uh, you've been killing it, dude. You've been, uh, yeah, you've been killing it, man. Like I said, I appreciate I'm that. To, uh, just, I've, I've been, yeah, I try to keep up with you on Instagram as much as I can, and yeah, fuck, man, you've been uh, you've been rocking, dude. That's that's awesome. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview you for a second, I guess. How, how's, <laughs> How are you feeling about stuff? I mean, it's been a while since we've got to catch up, so let's just start there. I know. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I, you know, you mentioned Kurt. I'm going to shout out to the working class bow hunter guys. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, my homies. All of them. I love those guys. I was hoping to get out to the shoot this year. Did not make it. I'm actually. Oh, dude, we missed you. (laughs) I know we missed you, man. Uh, it is what it is. Next year, I'm pencil. It's already penciled in. I'm, I'm coming say, next you year. Just so. mark mark your calendar right now. I'm gonna be drunk for three days with <laughs> the WCB crew. Oh God, I can't wait. No, but it, to go back to your question, I I've had so much fun doing this podcast, and you're right. Like it has grown immensely in the last yep. you know six months to a year. I just can't. I never fathomed like you know, when I started this three years ago, that it would be this big and it's getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, it's, it's nice to see because I don't, I don't need a ball tickle all the time. You know what I mean? But it is nice to see like the downloads come through and the amount of them. And, um, you know, I've, there's people like manufacturers reaching out to me out of the blue now, like wanting to partner. And it's like, that's really cool to see. Um, Hard work paying off, man. That's uh, it is, yeah. That uh, that's the trickle down effect from a guy with a dream that's willing to bust his nuts to get there, dude. That all uh, that, that all circles back to you, man. That speaks volumes for yeah. what you've been doing the last six months to a year. You've been grinding, dude. Yep. In in all honesty, podcast is consistency. If you can just stay consistent yep. with it, it'll grow and yep. it will. And it might it might take a little bit, um, but eventually it'll catch on. If you are, if you you know you got good guests on, you got good content, it will catch on and it'll blow up. And I'm starting to see that. And I'm at the, you know, I'm at the foothills, I guess you could say, of like the like getting up to the peak. But it's it's dude, if honestly it's grown overnight i feel like in the last six months it's it's crazy i'm super appreciative of of all the people that listen and download i've get so many people dming me now and i don't just say that i'm I'm talking i'm a like 50 to 100 people probably every week or two weeks like dming me like it's now are these dick pics or tit pics or what do you what do you got well i mean you gotta weigh those a combination (laughs) of both because now i sort of almost like you made me feel like it was all about me like the pictures i was sending you was like your main focus now i'm almost like this fucker's lying to me now he's got all this other (laughs) shit that's going on like i don't feel as special now it's kind of i'm kind of getting pissed off a little bit about this you need to like elaborate a little bit i'm 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 getting kind of I'm getting I'm getting pissy now. <laughs> the moment I start getting dick pics is when I when I when I cut the cord. It's I'm done. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I need to I need to hurry up and unsend my last message to you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, man, I get what you mean though, dude, and that's awesome that you've got a fan base that not only listens but like the interaction. And that's like that's something that I really try, and I'm sure you've probably noticed, because I, you know, anytime yep. we do anything, like I, I try to, I try to get back to people. I mean, it might be a week till I get back to someone, and I'll tell them that, hey, man, I'm gonna get back to you. Like, send me a picture of the farm or a buck. Yes. Clint, how would you? What do you think about this? And like, I try to get back to every single fucking person. That's important to me because, you know, I'm living a dream right now that I never thought I'd get to, but I always was striving to be there as far as the writing full time for Peterson's bow hunting. 
uh, being able to podcast and just being able to make money in the hunting industry as like a part-time job right now that hopefully someday turns into a full-time job. Um, it's something I never dreamed about, but you know, I've always dreamt it, but never thought it would come true. I guess I should say, but I was going to chase it no matter what. Right. And a lot of that is, you know, guys that support me and guys that are there, guys and girls that are, you know, fucking cheering you on. It's like, so I try to give back as much as I can in messages, DMS people. Hey man, can I call you? I got a question on this unit. Could you help me or dude, uh, man, I need to buy a tent. What should I get? Like, what do I need for Montana October? Like, would you, you know I mean? Just, just questions like that. Like I try to really strive to hit all that because I mean, I was that guy at one point. I mean, I can remember being that guy. Yes. Yep. trying to figure shit out and asking people that knew what the fuck they were doing. Not that I've got it all figured out, but I got a lot of experience now and I've gotten kicked in my teeth enough to where I've learned from my own mistakes, my failures, you know, equaled my successes, but it took a while. So it's like, no, man, that's awesome that you've got not only a following, but you got like the interaction. That's where I was yeah. going with that. It's like the interaction, the personal interaction. That's important, man. Like, you know, you're doing something when people are interacting with you on a personal level and it's not just they just like your shit mm-hmm. like they're they're actually like invested interested to talk to you yes. or what's your opinion or like that's cool man that's awesome to hear because in today's world there's a lot of guys that have a huge following but they don't ever give back it's just all about growing that fucking number and it's like that's great and all but like guys like me and you or like you know all the guys over at wcb like that's not what we're in it for i mean that's just truly not what it's all about for us so yeah man that's awesome to hear that it's awesome to see you you know like and i I follow your stuff i mean you've always got a ton of interaction with people and um man that's big like in today's world dude it's it's you know it's tough to still find guys holding true to those standards i guess you could say right trying to give back as much as you're taking from people. I agree, you know, and that is one hard thing and everybody listening that you have DM me and I haven't got back to you. It like yep. Clint says, I'm going to get back to you cuz yep. I hate when people text me and I miss a text or miss a call and I don't call right. them back. Like that eats right. at me. So like Yep. You know, I'm going to get back to you. It might not be in the most timely fashion. Right now, I've got a lot going on in life. Other, you know, my 9 to 5, the podcast, and I'm I'm building my own house, so it's like you know, there's a lot going on right now and then deer season's coming up. So it's like a lot of that stuff. So I'm trying to like, I don't do very good multitasking. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like one of my weak points. And, um, you know, I just appreciate everybody wanting my opinion. But when I, when I give you something, like if somebody's to reach out to me, I'm strictly going off of my experiences. I'm not going to take something that Clint Casper said about elk hunting in Colorado when I've never done it before. You know what I mean? So I'll straight up tell you, like, I've never done that before, but this is what I would do if I was in that scenario. So that's kind of, I don't want to be fake either. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm not an expert by any means. I don't feel like I'm any more privileged than anybody having the platform I have. This was just a passion I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about hunting. And it's actually, you know, my podcast has honestly helped me become a better hunter and outdoorsman as well along, you know, along the process. So it's a win-win for me. Yep. And I mean, if, if you felt like it wasn't doing that, you're either in this for the wrong reasons or you're, you're not really a true hunter because in my mind, I mean, everyone knows I'm a strict bow, bow only guy. 
love guns, but archery game is just my game. But in my opinion, bow hunting is a giant game of fucking trial and error. hundred percent game of constantly learning, constantly adapting, constantly figuring it out. Like I hate when people refer to me as, um, well, you're the expert on this. You're the pro on this. The whole fuck. No, I ain't. There is no, in my mind, there is no expert level. There is no pro level. You are constantly figuring shit out and trying. The minute you think you got it figured out, you don't got it figured 100%. out. And shit changes. Shit adapts. Like I hate, I'm just a blue collar dude with three jobs and two little boys. That's just out there fucking grinding like everybody else. The difference between my success and someone else's success, honestly, probably boils down to i just don't know how to quit and i just keep fucking at it until i figure it out and i find success that's the biggest difference between me and other guys is i just i don't have a stop button i don't have a quit button and i'm not going to settle you know settling for me is fucking quitting so i just you know but in today's world i think a lot of guys have this mentality of like once you hit a certain stage you're like animals just fall down in front of you and it's like fuck man you find me a mule deer or an elk or a big whitey that wants to just fall down and walk his ass to my truck and load himself like let me know where that's at because i've yet to <laughs> fucking find that so i mean like you know like i think back to hunts where it's been seven eight days of killing myself for one fucking opportunity i'm just like man like you just when you think you got it figured out, like to an extent you, you don't. don't. But I mean, that's also what's fun about it. Like there is no, in my mind, expert level, pro level, like whatever the hell you want to call it. Like it's, hey, it's it just boils down to you know, how much can guys adapt? How much can guys work on the fly? You know, if you're willing to learn and you're willing to figure it out, sooner or later you're going to get decently good at it to where success is going to come more often then failure does or it's going to be a good mixture of the two or you know and a lot of that's confidence i mean you've you follow me and we've podcasted like you know me i'm huge on the mental game i'm big on big mental guy you know yeah i mean you've got to fucking you know shooters shoot i mean michael jordan missed hundreds of fucking game-winning shots but he also hit a bunch but he never thought about the ones he missed the dude was the final 10 seconds, give me the fucking ball. If you don't give it to me, I'm going to go steal it from you and take it myself and then go. I mean, that's just how it was. Kobe Bryant, same way. I mean, yep. the guys were just killers. You know, I mean, I relate shit back to sports. I'm a big sports guy. I mean, I hate Tom Brady. Fucking hate Tom Brady. <laughs> Absolutely hate the guy. But he's the best to ever do it. I mean. Got to respect the, it. You know, the, the, the guy is. He doesn't get rattled, and if the game's on the line, I mean, there is nobody better than him when it comes to threading the needle to fucking make it count. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, he doesn't, there is no fear. The guy's not afraid of anything, and he he wants that moment. I mean, him and Jordan, I think, are the two, him, Jordan, and, and Kobe, I would have as the three greatest competitors that I've got to grow up and watch. Because they were just killers. I mean, they just, they feared nobody, they feared nothing. They weren't afraid to miss. They weren't afraid to do anything but lose. I mean, that's just that. That's the only fucking thing they were afraid of. Was I? I you know what I mean? Like they just they absolutely hated to fucking lose, and they'd do whatever it took to not lose. So, you got me fired up now, man, because that is I agree. It, yeah, it and is. I mean, and like, and that's and that's how you got to look at life. It's how you got to look at a bow hunt. I mean, it's how I go into a lot of these western hunts. I've only got ten days or two weeks. That sounds like a lot, 
Well, it's not. You know, when you're when right. you're covering thousands of miles of public on a map, and you're going to actually cover maybe ten miles a day if you're lucky. You know, I mean, that's a fucking small port. Like, you got to figure it out and have it figured out. And I mean, two weeks isn't shit. It's not that long. But like I said, you got to go all in. You know, you just it's got to be an all in thing. And I mean, that's uh, that's where guys either make it or break it in you know kind of like the hunting world is i mean if you either want it or you don't and if you don't that's fine yep but you know there again success is going to come a lot less for that guy than it's going to for the guy that's eager and willing to do whatever it takes to figure it out to find success to find out how to get it done or you know and it just it and that but that's life in general that's being a dad that's being a husband that's being that's that's your job i mean you know, I always say settling is fucking quitting, you know, don't yep. be a fucking quitter. I mean, just, it's just that simple. You know, I had this conversation with Mark Kenyon last week about, about adapting and it, and you yep. brought it up too. In in my opinion, adapting on the fly makes yep. the best outdoorsman hunters, whatever you want to oh, call yeah. it. You know what yep. I mean? So totally like, agree. you know, when, and I even do it on the podcast, we always talk about there's all these other guys out and we talk about scenarios, what saddle to yep. sit on, what what yep. bench to, you know, where, yada, yada, yep. yada. Well, really, I mean, I'm not saying throw that out the window, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty and it's the fall time, you have to adapt. You got to get in there and find out what the hell's going on, yep. you know, because it could change from year to year. You know, this ridge could be hot for three years in a row. And then for the next yep. three years, it is shit. So there's a yep. shift that happened. So adapting on the fly, and that's something that me personally, I struggled at because I was stuck in the hole of, I'm going to put set stands up for the longest time. And these are where I'm going to hunt. I'm not really going to move unless I see it happen. And then I'm going to go. I threw that out the window last year, a little bit the year before. Now it's like, Hey, I still do some set set stands, but like, I'm trying to get more aggressive. I'm trying to get more out of my way, out of my head. And like, dude, just fucking go shoot your shot. Like you said, like yep. shoot it, man. So with that being said, would you say on your hunts, whatever animal it might be, are you more of like the aggressive type? Like I'm going to get in, I'm going to fuck it up or I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going in for the kill every time. I'm either going to screw it up or I'm going to kill. Is that kind of your mentality? I mean, it depends. <clears throat> I want to say I'm a calculated killer. I'm a calculated risk taker when the risk and the reward, when the risk versus reward is in my favor, I'm fucking absolutely. It's, it's now or never. Like when I go on a stock, it's the last stock of my life. I'm never going to make another one. Like I never will go on a half ass. Well, I'll just be bop down here and maybe yep. this buck will be here. Or if I decide I'm going to go hunt all day for a big white tail, I'm not, I'm going to go fucking hunt all day. I'm going to bring snacks. I'm going to, I'm going to have everything I need. I'm going to mentally be prepared. I'm going to sit in a fucking tree for 13 hours and not move. Like there is no climbing down. There is no like jumping around. It just, that's just what I'm going to do. So for me, I mean, it just depends like elk hunts. Um, I'm super aggressive. I'm fucking going to find bulls in the morning, 3.00 AM. I'm up running ridgelines. I'm listening for bugles. I'm jumping in with herds. I'm going to coyote the herd and I'm going to silently try to work my way into him by mid morning and fucking kill a bull. That's just, I don't call a lot. Um, in today's world, man, overcalling is, it's so prevalent that it just, it, it, it almost has ruined 
I mean, there's some units that I hunt that if you call to a bull, I mean, like my bull last year in Utah, I watched him do this. When, when guys would bugle at him, he might bugle back once or twice as he's rounding his harem up and would be heading in 180 degree the opposite fucking direction. Like he knew, he figured out real quick it wasn't a real bull, went silent, got his fucking harem and got the fuck out of there. Like yep. because he knew, he knew what was going on. Like, so, you know, elks, elk hunting, elks, elk hunting, uh, I fucking am really aggressive. I mean, elk are so nomadic. I want to get on a bull and kill him like now. I mean, because you just don't know where he's going to be at in two hours, a day, two days. So mule deer, I have more of a, I have more of a uh, like early season, high country stuff. Um, I'm very calculated. I mean, there's times where I might sit on a buck and figure him out for a day or two. I'm in a little hidden basin. I'm kind of got it to myself. Um, if I feel like I'm kind of alone up there, I don't need to, really push the issue i'm gonna wait on my first good opportunity and i'm absolutely gonna go all in but i'm not gonna be reckless um mule deer are weird you know like they are if you bump if you bump them out they might go three ridges over to where it's not that far but the way the crow flies but when you have to walk it and go find the buck again it could take you fucking three days to do that yep. so the risk versus reward on mule deer um is greater there's a greater gap there than it is for me like for elk or antelope like very aggressive i see an antelope buck i'm fucking gone i see an elk i'm getting the wind and i'm gone like that's just mule deer you know it's a little bit different game i mean i get a little more picky on what i'm doing um they don't move as much early season you know it's not like they're rutting you know now rutting mule deer same thing i'm fucking i see a buck i'm cutting him off i'm taking off i'm strapping my pack up tight i'm fucking i'm like jogging to get there i'm going right now i mean once i figure out kind of my plan i'm, I'm all in whitetails same deal like i don't half-ass going into a set it's either this stand yep tonight's the night i'm going to kill him in here like the confidence is there um you know i get aggressive on whitetails um i'm a big early and late guy i don't particularly like the rut Okay. Um, in my opinion, patterns kill big deer. Um, that's just weather fronts, moon phases. I like end of, end of September, early October, and I like December, January, and even into February, like in Ohio. That's my. That's when I kill ninety percent of my my bucks. I mean, out of the fuck, I don't even know. Out of the sixteen, seventeen, Pope and Younger, better bucks I've got. I think all but five have come outside of the rut no kidding I, mean, I just i'm an early and late guy man i like i like patterns i like running cameras i like figuring out the chess game and then slipping into his kitchen or slipping into his bedroom and killing him whenever i know he's around i mean i just the rut is such a chaotic mess and i'm just going to be honest i love to chase mule deer in november now so realistically i kind of i kind of shut the white tail switch <laughs> off in november because mule deer are just so fun to chase in the rut but uh but yeah, I mean, honestly, it kind of goes, it kind of depends on the hunt, kind of depends on the scenario, but like when it's time to get aggressive, I'm going to go all in. When it's time to sit back and just let things play out, I'm okay with that too. And I think that's something I've had to adapt because I used to be super aggressive on everything. Like I'm a really aggressive turkey hunter. Um, I run and gun a lot. I don't call a lot, but I run and gun a lot. I move a lot. 
um, you know, that's something that I've adapted over the years and that just works well for me. Elk, super aggressive. Mule deer, I'm not. I've tried to play the super aggressive mule deer game and it doesn't work out for me as well. So, so I mean, there's just, it's just scenarios. It just depends on kind of what hunt I'm on. If I feel like I need to go all in, then it's going to be right now, you know, now's the time. But like I said, I never do anything half-assed. Like if I'm going to go on a stock, it's in my mind, it's the last stock I'm ever going to make in my life. This is it. It all comes down to this. This is the last one you're ever going to make. And I mean, that mentality just keeps me sharp and it just, it forces me to be all in mentally, physically. And I mean, you know, that's the chance for me to fuck up or make errors when I'm mentally and physically, I know I'm all in. Like, it's just less than if you're just kind of half-heartedly like, Oh, la dee da. We'll walk down here and see if this buck's gonna sit here. And let me kill him. Like I, I just that that doesn't typically that's not gonna work out well. Right. Yeah, and you know, it sounds like it's very. Uh, I mean, obviously situational and yes. the situation you're in there, but it sounds like it's very species oriented as well. Like oh, elk, yeah. yep. you know, when you're going out elk hunting, you're doing it with a bow. So you're doing it in September in the rut. They're moving all yep. the time. Absolutely. You know, yep. so yep. you almost have to like get aggressive. I feel like, I mean, there's times yeah. where you, you pump the brakes a little bit, you know, when you have to do that, but yep. like they're aggressive. So you kind of have to be aggressive. I get that. Um, now, is any of that stuff, because you live in Ohio, right? So you're yep. like, yep. you're Eastern, Midwestern, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, but you're traveling for a lot of your hunts. So being oh, yeah. aggressive, does that time frame that you have, like you might only have a 10-day elk hunt, like that Absolutely. time frame has to like difference. equate into that, doesn't it? Makes a huge difference. I mean, and that's, that's kind of, I think I was trying to head that direction and we just got the bullshit and I kind of forgot my train of thought. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, I mean, at, like, so the first good opportunity, I'm taking it. Like, if I feel like, oh, man, this is a pretty solid opportunity. That buck's bedded in a good spot. Uh, this bull's heading into a canyon that I know well. Uh, I know I can cut him off at a pinch point down there. I need, to, I, need to, I need to get going. Like, I don't second guess an opportunity. If an opportunity is a good opportunity or it's better than average, that's, in my mind, it's good enough for me. I'm going because... What you don't want to do is you don't want to be too picky and sit back on your heels too much because then day one slips into day five, day five slips into day eight, day eight slips into the final day on day 10, and you're like, oh, fuck. So it's like you've got to have a good balance between knowing when to throw all the cards in and knowing when to sit back. So you don't want to be reckless, but at the same time, sometimes you just have to situationally throw the cards in and say, fuck it, I'm all in. And there again, that's something that I've learned to adapt from trial and ale, trial and error. I mean, that's worked well for me sometimes, and sometimes it's fucking blown up in my face. But it's part of the process of figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. And, you know, what works for me might not work for, say, my buddy Brian Barney, or what works for us might not work for Kurt you know, Kurt Geyer. I mean, so it, it's like it, everyone's got their niche. Everyone's got their, what works, what doesn't, what they like, what they feel confident in, what they don't. And that's kind of what it boils down to is just kind of finding your own success in your own recipe. But time plays a huge factor because if I had a month on every hunt, I honestly feel like I'd always fill a tag no matter what. Like I will figure it out guaranteed. I'm going to get my opportunity and I'm going to fucking put one through the lungs. I mean, you know, I've got the shooter mentality of 
and it's not it's not being cocky because I missed. There's no doubt, but I don't fear missing. Like I I've always said, if I bend the limbs back, you're fucked. I mean, that's just and that's just my mentality. If you let me get back to full draw, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And that's that's something that, you know, some would be like, oh man, that's that's a that's a cocky mindset. Eh, call it cocky, call it confident, whatever you want to call it. But I'm not afraid to miss, and that's why I'm not afraid of the moment. Like I live. I live for the two seconds prior to me drawing my bow back probably more than I actually live for shooting the shot. I mean, like, I just, I love that adrenaline dump yep. and then having to harness it, knowing, fuck, your opportunity's coming. Like, I get in my own head and I talk myself right out of, like, the jitters because, like, I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a pressure guy. I love when the spotlight's on. I love when, the, I love when it's crunch time. I love when it's pressure time. I was like that in sports. Um, I, I just, I love the big moments. Like that's big moments make big people small or small people big. That's just how it works. How do you and deal? I, mean, I like the big moments. I mean, so I'm, some people are afraid of that. They're afraid of that final yep. shot. They're afraid of the last 10 seconds. Like I, that's what I chased. I chased that. Oh fuck here. He's, he's coming. This is going to work. It's going to be 47 yards. Here's my window. I got to get back to full draw right now. Like, dude, I got goosebumps talking about that shit. I do that's, too. <laughs> that's like that's 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 where I'm at though. That's me. Like I live for. It's not just about killing. Or obviously, it's awesome watching an arrow smack into the pump station of a big bull or a big buck or a turkey or whatever the hell it is. But the the the, I guess you could say, the pre kind of draw a couple seconds. Like I get my bow up. I haven't drawn yet, but I know it's gonna happen. Here we go. Like. Dude, that's the best fucking time, man. Like, my head's just... At that moment, I got to take my mind from spinning a 1,000 miles an hour down to one mile an hour, and I got to slow everything down. But, like, those, like, twilight minutes or twilight seconds, I don't know, man. Like, that's just where... Like, I go from, oh, fuck, it's going to happen to, okay, now you're going to die. And, like, that transition, I don't know. It's just that's – that's I live for that moment, man. I like to be in that moment. I live for that shit. And, uh, you know, I think that boils down to having confidence in yourself and just having confidence to where it's okay to miss. I mean, fuck, we're all going to miss. Right. I, you can't be worried about that. Like, you know, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to the animal. Be confident. Bury your pin, let it float, execute your shot, let the bow do its job, you do your job, and shit dies. That's just bottom line. You can't be afraid can't be afraid to miss. You can't be afraid to take your swing at a fucking fastball. You can't be afraid to throw an interception. You just can't. And that's that's life, that's bow hunting, that's anything. You just you can't be afraid of failure. And um yeah, man, I just I, I don't I don't uh, I don't have that in my mind. A failure is just I'm just not afraid of that. If, if it is what it is, if I miss, I miss. But damn it, man, I'm gonna put every ounce into that shot. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But fuck, more times than not, it works out because I'm just like I said, I'm I'm ready for that moment. I'm not afraid, not afraid of the outcome. I'm confident in it. How do you? Okay, so it's obviously something that you're very, like you said. People could call it cocky. They could call it, you know, confident. It's a yep. chip on your shoulder. You got to have a chip on your shoulder. You got to act like or feel like, you know, you've been there for you to yeah. be comfortable. Yep. And I'm a big sports guy as well. You know that we've I've been in, on some teams. It's like you come go to a championship game and it's like you've never been there before, but you have yep. to like feel like you have to 
you have to act like you have been there before. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. But like when you say you can't be afraid to miss or screw up, how does that thought process, like how do you get to that? Because I feel like a lot of people listening to this are probably like, man, like I'm fired up right now, but like how do you get over that hump to be like, okay, like accepting failure? You know what I mean? Like how do you, how has Clint Casper got to that point? Uh, Clint Casper has fucked up a lot (laughs) and Clint Casper has missed and whiffed on opportunities on giant deer, on big turkeys, on, you know, uh, just antelope. Um, I, I've been in moments where I've done everything. I, I was, I was like, so when I was a kid growing up, I got just completely hooked on bow hunting and just, I mean, just fucking lived in the woods. That's all I did. Um, back before shed hunting was fucking cool. And back before bow hunting was cool. Like, you know, we're going back 20 years ago. Like that shit wasn't even really like a a thing at the time. Like, yeah, people bow hunted, but it wasn't like it is now. Um, I was the only idiot running around looking for sheds and it wasn't because I wanted to have a bunch of sheds to post on MySpace and be like, Hey, look at me. It was, you just dated yourself with MySpace. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, I was just like ate up with it. I would do everything right. I'd find a buck, I'd get him patterned, I'd figure him out, and here's the scenario. It's, it's fucking October 10th. I got this buck coming. I, I mean, this, and this is a true story. Here he comes, October 10th. I'm a junior in high school. Got out of football practice early that day. Here I go. I'm heading to a fucking tree. I know for a fact, you know, the high pressure's coming in. Storm's going to move in that night. You know, we just cut, we just chopped some corn. Um, we had some late corn that we chopped for silage. I'm like, man, this buck's going to be coming there to pick up the scraps that are left. I'm like, fuck, this funnel should be hot. Tonight's the night. Get in there. Here he comes. Coming down the trail. He's going to be 20 yards. And in my head, I've already got, you know, some people are going to frown on this, but I've already, I'm, I'm only a junior. So technically I shouldn't have been thinking this way, but I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was. The beers are already cracked. The fucking party's already started. My girlfriend's already naked. Like, we're fucking partying. This buck's already dead. I'm already thinking, how am I going to mount him? Mind you, at this point in time, I've never killed a 140 buck. Never fucking. And this deer is going to go 150. I'm like, I mean, this deer may as well have been 400 inches. And I'm like, I'm in my head. I'm thinking, you're the smartest fucking guy alive. Like, you called this first night in the tree in this spot for this buck conditions are perfect instead of me being like okay you're gonna get your shot here we go fucking get in the game i'm thinking about everything but that he comes in to 20 yards draw back and instead of picking a spot you can't miss it 20 i just put my pin on fucking hair cut her loose i don't settle my pin he ducks me a little bit now mind you if i would have settled my pin on his heart like i do any other fucking time even with him ducking i double lung him and he runs 50 yards and tips over instead i don't settle my pin he ducks me i take fucking hair off his back arrow buries in the ground he runs off at 100 and stands there stomps and snorts at me I fucking cried. I mean, I have no, I mean, I cried cause I was so mad at myself cause I knew what I did. Walking back that night, I'm replaying this in my head and I'm just like, how could you possibly have fucked that up? 
And I started to think about it. And like, I remember the next day heading to a game. We had a game that Friday night. I'm supposed to be thinking about my assignment as a fucking linebacker. Instead, I'm thinking about this buck. I'm on the bus and I'm like, well, here's, here's where you fucked up, Clint. You started the party. You fucking cracked the beers. You got your old lady naked. All this shit happened before you ever even killed the buck. Like at that moment in time is when I was like, okay, that's never going to fucking happen again. I went to a straight back tension release that fall or that winter shot indoor constantly with that. And I've never looked back. I just, I went, I'm like, okay, how can I force myself? Like, how do I train me mentally and physically to never like rush a shot, rush a situation. So for me to this day, I hunt with a hinge. I hunt with a straight back tension. It forces me to slow everything down. There is no fucking punching. Like that's not even an option. I just mentally from fucking up, I have forced myself because I hate those moments so bad. There's nothing worse than doing everything right. You're in the moment, comes down to the last thing, last step, bury the pin, let the bow do its job, kill the buck, and you fuck it up. After you do that a couple times, you're at a crossroads. And I was at a crossroads of, I'm going to do everything in my power to never let that happen again. Now, have I missed since then? Well, fuck yeah. But I, ha- I cannot say that my misses in recent years have ever been because I rushed, because I didn't settle, because, like, I didn't let myself down. I've misjudged yardage. I've had animals duck. I've had antelope completely jump out of the arrow. I can't control that. But the shot broke great. Shot felt great. That's all I can do. You know, I can't control everything. But for me, I had to figure out what to do mentally and physically to be in that moment. And for me, it's slowing the process down. So I think a lot of guys, they, they don't slow the moment down. They want to hurry up and get it over with because they either want to celebrate just like me. They want to crack the beers, call their buddies. Holy fuck. The buck's down. Like get the tits out. Like that's just, you can't think that way. you got to get your arrow in the pump house, and then you can have that moment. But guys want to get to that moment. They forget the last step, the most important step. we got to bury the pin. we got to check our level, check our anchor. we got to make sure we're fucking good to go. We squeeze the shot off, push, pull, push, pull. The shot breaks, you kill the buck. Now we can celebrate. I was doing an ass backwards. So I had to figure out, okay, how do I keep myself from doing an ass backwards? Well, like I said, I was so sick to my stomach, I said never again. Just, so I threw, I, I got rid of my trigger because sometimes I found myself punching shots because it's easy to do it with a trigger. I got rid of that. Side note, have not shot a trigger release since that year. So we're talking, uh, I was 17. We're talking almost 17 years ago, 16 years ago. Went to a handle. For me, that changed the game. Um, Pushing and pulling and letting my back muscles basically fire shots has completely helped me slow things down. My pin floats. I trust in my form. That was a big one for me was to let the bow do its job and I do my job. Like before, I was trying to rush shit and I was trying to constantly force arrows and forcing arrows is never good. It just, it doesn't, it it just, trust me from experience, most of the time that doesn't end well. Um, So... That was the physical part was switching to a handle, 
Um, that created a whole new kind of awakening for me mentally as far as slowing the moment down. Um, there is no punching. There is no, you know, th th that's not even an option. You know, it's just I'm going to work through this release. I'm going to push and pull until the bow goes off. And when the bow goes off, the bow goes off. I'm not worried about it. You know, so that was a huge one for me. Just being in the moment, knowing how much failure sucks and knowing how much it sucked to rush a shot and then have to deal with that mentally for the next year until you got another opportunity. I play that shit in my mind all the time. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that buck from my junior year enters my mind when I'm on a stock or I'm about to go back to full draw. Like I mentally think back to that. Like, Hey, dumbass, don't forget. Remember how that felt that day? Remember how that felt? We're not going to do that. And like, I mean, I just, I, I almost talked myself out of letting myself do stupid stuff because I think back to what it felt like to make those dumbass moves. I mean, that was awful. That was, that was world crushing for me to miss that deer like that at 20. I mean, that was yep. just, but honestly, to be honest, I'm happy it happened. It's, it's probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to correct errors and make myself better. And although that buck, side note, the neighbor killed him that fall. Um, yep, went 154 inches as mainframe <laughs> 10. So just in case anyone was wondering, it was a fucking toad. Um, he, uh, he got killed. Um, Should have been my buck, and I fucked up. So that, that stung even more. But that pushed me to change my mental game as far as slowing the moment down and just kind of picking steps apart. Like I have steps that I get drawn back. I get my anchor. I look at my bubble and like, I don't go to the next step until I check the first one off. So I get drawn back. I get anchored. Step one. Um, I, I run a clicker on my handle. Yep. I really like the clicker when the click goes off. I'm now locked and loaded. So when I come back to full draw, I get anchored. I check my bubble steps one and two. My clicker goes off. Okay, now I'm locked. Last thing I'm doing is I'm gonna I'm finding my spot on the animal, and I'm burying that pin. And once I get to my spot, from there on out, it's a decision. You're either all in, you're gonna work through the shot, or you're gonna let down. There there, there is no gray area. Gray area is bad. When guys second guess, that's bad. Let down. I don't give a fuck if the animal runs off or not. Let down because mentally you're not ready. Like it's just bad shit's going to happen. And I've been there. Um, biggest deer I've ever killed. I had to draw back on him twice, 23 yards. My, uh, 191 inch buck in Ohio killed him opening night in 2016. Literally was shaken so bad, was so fucked up at 23 yards. I couldn't keep my pin on the buck. I had to let down, taking a chance on him, potentially seeing me let down, let down, Talked myself. I'm like, Clint, get your shit together, man. This is it. Like, this you hunted this buck three years. What, like, fucking let's go. Back to full draw and completely smoked him. Had I would have rushed that shot the first time, I guarantee you that deer's not on my wall right now. Guaranteed. Guaranteed that discipline to let down and not force a bad arrow, not force the shot. That's why that buck's hanging on my wall right now. 110%. And that comes from fucking up and me knowing bad things happen when you try to force a shot like that. So I had to take the chance risk versus re risk versus reward. I've got to let down. I got to regroup for a second, take another breath or two, 
come back and then let's make it happen. Could he could he have ran away and that was it? Yeah, he could have. But honestly, if that's what was going to happen, that's what was going to happen because I was not going to force a shot. I just that I just I just you got to be disciplined to not let those moments get the best of you. And in my mind, it was gray area, and there can't be gray area. It's got to be black and white when you're at full draw. Yep. No, I agree. And honestly, everything you said is spot on. I'm going to take it a step further too, and and this is some instances that I I screwed up on and yep. where my head has been at, and it's like. There's a couple things. One, it's emotionally, det- mostly emotionally attached. I'll get emotionally oh, yeah. attached to a to an animal. I'll watch yep. him all summer, all, and yep. then it's like, okay, when that moment hits on October 10th or whatever it is, it's like, yep. holy shit, here he's here. You know, and you're oh, almost yeah. so tense to where like it yep. takes you out of that moment. So yep. I try to fight with that a little bit. And then the other thing is, is like, I've always grown up, you know, in, in Michigan, high pressured state. Not a lot of big deer, you know, but there are some good deer. So I've always grown up thinking like, okay, you're going to get one opportunity this year, you know, and that's it. If you get two, then you've worked your ass off. But like almost having that mindset makes you more tense as well. Like just like Mm -hmm. you said, you know, on that first buck or something like that, it's like you got real tense and it's like, this is it. This is all I got. You know, maybe being a little more impatient you know, not so like, okay, he's coming at 20. Yep. He goes yep. through my first window. Shit, I've only got one more window. I got to rush it now. Maybe yep. if you have to let him walk, you know, good things come to those who wait. I always believe in that. It's like yep. you let him walk, you will more than likely get another opportunity. It's hard to get over that mountain though. Like it's hard to get over that threshold, that mindset of like, yep. you know, this well, is all I, mean, I got. Bird in the hands, better two in the bush. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That- that brings up a good point because there's there's two there's two trains of thought um, when it comes to that mental side and and I, I love talking about the mental side. So background on me for those that don't know, my major I double majored in college as psych and soch with criminology. So that was my background. So I'm a big mental guy, you know, psych, soch, criminology. Like I'm I'm big on the mental aspects of life and bow hunting is a huge mental game. So I love to dive into that. I'm the type of person where I love the spotlight, I love I, I love the moment. So for me in my own mind, I put pressure, I perform best when the pressure's on. So like for me, when I'm at full draw and it's day seven and I'm in Colorado at 13,500 feet, this is my first stock. I've been watching this buck for four days. In my mind, I'm telling myself, this is it. You worked your dick off for this fucking moment. Clint, get your shit together. It's now or never. Like, to me, that calms me. Now, and some people are going to be like, that doesn't make sense. That's fucked up. But, like, when I know the pressure's on, when I know this is it, I know what's at stake. For me, this is just how I tick. It makes me zone in even tighter. Like, it makes me almost get into my own mind in a good way even better like i get locked in so hard and i can slow things down i guess better whenever i've got more pressure on me than what's even there like for me that's just how i work now some people would hate that some people would absolutely lose their mind if they were inside my head um 
right before I'm getting ready to, to, to shoot a shot. Because like I said, I love to put pressure on myself, but that's also what drives me. Like, I like that. Like that makes me lock in tighter. That makes me aim harder. That makes me, that just makes me more, more of a killer when I do that. than whenever it's just, Oh, Hey, you know, whatever prime example, like, uh, at the garage party this year, I love to shoot pool, big pool guy. Love to fucking shoot pool. We're playing pool, you know, and you know, we're having a good time. We're fucking around, you know, whatever. Someone's like, Hey, Casper, next game, 50 bucks on it. My buddy, like Kurt and all those guys are like, dude, it was nuts. The second that it went from being fu- like fun to, Hey, this guy's like, Hey, you know what? I got 50 bucks. Says I can beat your ass next game. He's like, dude, you just flipped the switch. He's like, you fucking flip the switch, man. He's like, I literally watch. He's like, you know, because those guys have all been like, you know, we've heard you talk about flipping the switch and, you know, going from, okay, it's a stock, it's a stock, it's a stock to, yep, I'm going to get my shot. Like, there's a switch that flips there in my head. Yep. And it's like that. It was like that in sports, you know. It was like that in just big moments in life. That's just, just how, I don't know, it's just how I, just how I operate. And they're like, dude, it was nuts. The second you started the next game, it was just a different you. Like it was just everything was fucking precise. Everything was Kurt's like it, it, it was fucking nuts to watch you <laughs> run through. And um but like that's just me. Like when like when it's on the line, oh I see, like for me, that makes me better. That pressure makes me lock in tighter. So there's like two different methods of that madness. And some people are probably like, that doesn't make sense to put more pressure on yourself in a high pressure situation. But for me, it makes me lock in. Um, when I fuck up is when I don't lock myself in when I'm just like, Oh, whatever. I'll just go out and fling a few arrows. See, I, I have, so I shot, I had, I shot indoors professionally, through like college and stuff. I shot like Vegas and five spot and I traveled like the circuit, you know, like back then I was shooting with like Sam and Levi Morgan. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Levi for just winning his 14th title. Dude's a fucking monster. Good he buddy is a of mine. monster. Um, <laughs> Talk about killer I instinct. Was, I was shooting with those guys <laughs> and you know, I, I would, co- I would go to local stuff and win or do very well. But when you step up from semi-pro to the pro to the pro stage, as far as that's how they categorize the classes, when you set, step up into that world, you're now shooting with guys that are doing this for a fucking living. Like, they're not playing around. This isn't just something that they dabble with. This is their life. And the one thing I learned was those guys, they don't shoot an arrow for fun. And what I mean by that is I don't care if they're in their backyard or they're on the Vegas line with ESPN cameras rolling $80,000 on the line. They don't shoot a shot just for shits and giggles. Every arrow is the last arrow they're ever going to shoot. It's the most important arrow of their life. And what that teaches you to do is you put pressure on every shot and you shoot every shot like it's a million dollar arrow. When it comes time to shoot a million dollar arrow, it's fucking like tying your shoe. You don't even have to think about it. It's just, I'm going to lock in and I'm going to drill this fucking target or I'm going to drill this animal. And that is, I learned that very quickly. If you want to be proficient as a bow hunter, um, proficient at shooting your bow, you got to practice 
like it is game time. Every arrow you shoot, you better put 110% in. Like for me, I don't shoot a ton of arrows a day. Some days I only shoot one cold arrow. I'll walk out like this morning. I walked out to 62 yards, shot one cold shot, made a fucking perfect shot. That's it. That might be it for the day, to be honest with you. I don't know. It depends on what my time schedule is like. Some days I'll shoot 10 or 12, but it's 10 or 12. Absolutely. I put every fucking ounce into those because every arrow was like, I'm in Colorado. This is it. It's day nine. You've been grinding. Here's your opportunity. And that's mentally where I put myself on every single arrow, because when it comes down to that one single arrow, I've already shot 3 million of these perfect fucking arrows this is just another arrow with fur on the other end. And that's how I mentally look at it. So like being in that moment constantly forces me to kind of feel calm in the moment. And like I said, I already lived for that moment anyway. And that just makes me even more confident in the moment. I hope that makes sense. I hope no, I explain that right. Cause I'm trying to like get in my own head and my head can be a fucked up place from time to time. So no, it makes sense because every arrow should be shot with a purpose. There's a reason. Oh, absolutely. You know absolutely. what I mean? That's a good way to put it. You should yep. have a purpose behind it. Like when you, to. when you were explaining just shooting in the yard and, and trying to, you know, guys ask, ask not quite a bit, but they've asked me before, like, how do you get ready, you know, prep in the yard for that yep. moment of truth? And honestly, yep. it's like, when I'm in the yard, I mean, some guys, they run sprints and then they'll go shoot. Well, I don't do that. What I do is literally I'll pick a dime size circle on the target and I've got to hit that dime size circle. And if I don't, if I don't even bust a line, you didn't, you didn't kill your animal. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. it's, that's how I put pressure on myself in the yard. Yeah. Cause it's really hard, you know, to get that. Yeah. You can't oh, practice yeah. that moment of truth. Like no matter how many animals you kill, I've killed quite a few right. animals in my day. So have you, it's yeah. like. Yeah, and it's been how many months since, you know, I've killed my last animal. You know what I mean? So it's like you yep. might only get it once a year. So trying to figure out that systematic approach and, and prep, that's yep. kind of how I boil it down. It's like, you know, Ted Nugent, Sweaty Teddy, he'd always say it, like, aim small, miss small. A lot of people are like, what does that yep. mean? Literally Absolutely. aim at a follicle of hair on that animal. Yep. You Absolutely. know. So that's just – and I miss – hell, I missed a good buck in Michigan last year, and – Honestly, what I equated it to, it's I have all the excuses in the book. The, he did duck my arrow. It was a 46-yard shot. I fucked up in one area where I was hunting a field edge. He comes out. I'm filming myself. Good footage. Didn't have to worry about that. But yep. he was, you know, he was behind a doe. He wasn't nudging or nothing like that. He was just yep. doing his thing. I stopped him. Did not need to stop him. I rushed it. You know what yep. I mean? Just like you yep. said, if I'm rushing shots then I fucked up. You got to figure that yep. out. That's you in your head, you know? Yep. And then he ducked me. He was alert at 46 yards. I mean, people don't take vacations that far sometimes. So nope. it's like, you know, that's a poke. So going yep. back, I need to be like, okay, first of all, don't stop him. Second of all, it, you know, he might've looped and came in a little closer. I don't know. Yep. You know? Yep. So it's like that bird in the hand mentality, like this is your only opportunity that took over. And I need to channel that somehow. Yep. I mean, it's, um, Brian Barney lives and dies by, so for those who don't know, I'm really, really close to Brian, really good friend of mine. Shout out to him and Eastman's elevated. He's got a hell of a great podcast. If you're a Western guy, or even if you're an Eastern guy that goes West and, or you just want motivated, 
go check Brian out. Um, hell of a hell of a podcast. The dude is just he's he's the best killer I know. I mean, hands down. You give me a tag and tell me you got to find a guy to go fill this tag. Ten out of ten, I'll, I'll take Brian all day, any day, over anyone in the country. The dude's just a fucking stone cold killer. But he always lives and dies by his saying is let the buck make the final mistake. So Brian never will force. He's not going to throw a rock to get a mule deer to stand up. He's not, you know, he will get in to where he's comfortable and then he's going to let the buck do his thing or the bull do his thing. If, if that, if, if the buck's bedded, he, he'll wait him out, let him stand on his own. Um, if he's got, if he snuck in tight to a bull and a bunch of cows, he'll lay there on his back and literally lay with the fucking herd until they all get up and start to meander. And then that's when he'll get up and get ready for a shot. Like he does not force those final few seconds. And that's what gets a lot of animals killed is let the animal basically kill itself. Let them make the final move, um, get into range and don't press the issue. Don't force the issue. Don't, don't do, don't do something reckless just because you're in the moment and you got to hurry up and, and see what the outcome is. I think a lot of people, they want to see the outcome so bad that they force stuff. And it's like the second you start forcing stuff is when bad things happen. Yep. So, yeah, man, I mean, I I have adapted that to my own game because I used to force stuff. And, you know, Brian's just spot on when he says that, you know, let the buck make the final move, you know, let the buck kill himself. Like that's uh, that's brilliant. I like yeah, that oh, saying. Oh, dude, that's a rule like I live by. And I mean, I've got to see Brian in action and I've got to like be with him. Antelope hunts, spare hunts, elk hunts, deer hunts. Like I've got to, to watch that guy in action. And I mean, it's just crazy. Um, it's just wild. Like the amount of animals that will quote unquote kill themselves. If you give them the opportunity, like just let the deer be a deer and he'll give you an opportunity. Let, you know, just let the animal fuck up in the final couple seconds and don't force it. And nine times out of 10, it's going to work out better for you that way. than if you were to try to force something, you know, that's awesome. So going back to what you were saying, yeah. Like maybe if you just let that buck meander, he stops on his own or maybe he loops back, whatever. Hindsight's 2020. I've been there too. I mean, fuck, I screwed up at 20 yards. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. unfortunately I feel your pain. I've been there more than once. Like I get it, you know, but yep. that's what makes you better. That's what makes you learn. And I mean, that's what bow hunting and hunting is all about is it's, it's, it's learning from mistakes. It's getting kicked in the teeth. And dusting yourself off and being like, you know what? Okay, that did not work. That stung. That hurt. How do I not feel this way again? How do I not relive this bad moment? Let's figure it out. And that's what separates your guys that are consistent killers and your guys that aren't. I mean, and that's just bottom line, in my opinion, like fucking period. That's what separates guys that are always punching tags and guys that aren't. I couldn't agree more, man. I think that's a good spot to end because, honestly, the hair on my arms has grown an inch this whole podcast because <laughs> I've had goosebumps. You've got me fired up, man. I'm ready to go, like, just blazing through the woods right now. <laughs> I know, dude. I leave I leave next week to head to Utah to start in, so I'm freaking – oh, dude, I'm so pumped, man. I can't wait to get going. Well, in October or November – let's let's get a time you need to get a hold of me when you're like hey i got like a couple hours to record let's do one right on the whim i want to do that let's get another one going and get a little update from you because i know you're going to be running and gunning like crazy coming up like busy man so i want to catch back in with you and, and see what the hell's going on this fall with you 
Absolutely, my man. Pleasure to be on the I uh, Can't Thank You Enough, man. It was, uh, it's always fun to jump on and catch up with you. Love what you got going on. And it's going to be fun to watch this continue to grow and see all your hard work pay off, dude. Love Appreciate it. You, my man. Appreciate it, man. That is, uh, I, I honestly, it means a lot coming from you. And, and uh, thank you for coming on and doing this again. Absolutely. Anytime, my man. All right. There it is. Clint Casper. Always a good time, buddy. Thanks for catching up. Appreciate you coming on. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that one. It was awesome. Like I said, I feel like I still have goosebumps just because I'm like fired up, ready for the fall to be here. And it's like end of August right now. So it needs to get here soon. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, thank you guys for all the downloads and all the feedback. It is greatly appreciated. I say it every week. I'm going to keep saying it just to remind you guys, go leave a five-star rating and leave a written review in iTunes. That is greatly appreciated. So Thank you guys very much, and don't forget we'll be right here next week on The Fall Podcast.